With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Broadcasting live Ish. from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on the sunny shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Bullock to the baseline, stops, waits for help. Robinson and batted away, can Osmond save it? Yes, he does. Oh, goodness. In downtown Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland! Hello, Cleveland! You've tuned in to Wine and Gold Radio. Woo-hoo. Now, here are your hosts, Rafa, J-Bike, and Joe G. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 3 today's of Wine and Gold Radio. And I can barely say it anymore without singing it like Rafa. Wine and Gold Radio. <laughs> we got to we got to have like different I hate the, I hate this word genres. What is how do you pronounce that what word? What do you what do G E N R E Genre? Genres. 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 have different genres, <laughs> you know? Like a barbershop quartet. <laughs> and like yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, now I walk around kind of singing it, Dwining Gold yeah. Radio. <laughs> I am joined by, this is Joe G, I'm joined by Rafa Hernandez Brito. I'm really rolling my R's. I'm rolling the yeah, hell out are. of them. Don't be like Michael Buffer. <laughs> you know, I used to have this conversation when I was covering boxing before we'd say hello to, to Juan Miguel, mm-hmm. John Michael. I used to have this conversation with Michael Buffer because when he introduces, I don't haven't heard him anymore, but he does Hispanic fighters, he rolls the R's when he's not supposed to roll. Not all R's are rolled. I got to be honest with you, though. I really like, I like when he does that. No, but it's, it's like... Even when it's incorrect. It's like, it's like Puerto Rico. You know, you say Puerto Rico. You don't say Puerto Rico. You know, like not all the R's are wrong. I used to sit down with him and say, dude, you're killing me. If it's Michael Buffer, I mean, he has I to know. Be, he's theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> We're here after a Cavs uh, victory over the Knicks, and it seems like this week can be broken into uh, before trade and after trade. This week can be split perfectly in half. I don't know. I think... Uh, when I saw the notes on the on the trade happening, and then at the end he said, "And Cleveland will receive this," and that, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> it 
like I knew Harden was being traded, especially after the comments he made. But uh, I, when you read that, you know the the watch bomb, <laughs> and at yeah. the end he said Cleveland will get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. I was like, man. Say the best part of it was once I saw that my next my next thought was scroll through and say, well, wait a second, wait a second, what did the Cavs give up again? <laughs> I mean, that, obviously that's a nice duo of players, right? So the Cavs again, for those who aren't as familiar, the Cavs dealt Dante Exum. They dealt a first round pick that was Milwaukee's pick, which means that considering where Milwaukee's you know slated to finish, that probably will be one of the final five picks of the first round and a second round pick, and that's it. You know, Dante Exum, who, you know, was a nice piece. Of course, he was injured and trouble staying on the floor. You know, it started to see him go. But, man, when you consider what they got, and then when you see the smile on J.B. Bickerstaff's face, when you hear the excitement in Kobe Altman's voice, and then you hear that Jared Allen was being sought after by this team for months and months. I mean, they had their eye on Allen for years, really, for seasons. And he's a guy you pick up, and to hear how it all heated up quickly. I mean, Harden had the unrest. You know what? Forty-eight hours ago, we came out after a game and said we just don't have it. And then you kind of figured something was going to happen pretty soon. Cavs got themselves right in there and and pulled out two really nice pieces. And like I said, one of whom, at least, in Jared Allen, they've had their eye on for some some time. And the most amazing thing too is that once you put that together, John and Joe, when when with everything that has been going on here, and you get the the group of under 25 years old that the Cavs have now in the mm-hmm. roster, it makes you smile because it's like it's a really good young team. And regarding the trade, one thing I had to bring up, uh, Kobe Altman talked yesterday about the deal, and he talked about, and I, I thought it was a real great metaphor, he talked about how making trades he'd been hitting singles, 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 and a lot of people are unimpressed. Oh, a second rounder, no big deal. Oh, a trade exception. No big deal. That doesn't excite me. Those things aren't sexy, but when you package them together, you know, and again, that's how they got Drummond. They didn't give up uh, any core pieces to get Drummond. They didn't give up any core pieces to get Jared Allen. Uh, These are, you know, these are cobbled together. And without breaking up your young core, now you have a a, a real good young center. And to add to what John said in in episode two, the acquisition of McGee, John, is also something that it, 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 especially with how, what he, how he has been playing and what he's bringing on and off the court and on and off the game, I think it just adds to the amazing work that, that our front office has done. You know, I looked up a year ago yesterday, the Cavs took on the Clippers, right? And the two players that the Cavs had in their starting lineup that had any size at all, 6'9", Tristan Thompson, and 6'9", John Hansen, right? Love was out. Zizic was out. You look at that team now in terms of the size. We, know, I mean, you already had Drummond at 6'11". You had McGee at 7 foot. Now you add Jared Allen in there as well. You know, let's not forget about Bolton. You still have Love. I mean, the size is – this is what you wanted to do. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Blessing in disguise, the cancellation of the two games in, in Washington <laughs> with the chance that, that to practice and to yeah. get everybody healthy and all that. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a nice reprieve. They needed it because you know, now you got these young guys, you can kind of get some of your guys healthy, work some of these guys in to the lineup, get a few practices under your belt. I just I don't I don't even know who I should feel more excited about. I know I love Jared Allen because he was one of the he was definitely the only non-Hispanic player in the bubble to wear a, a message in Spanish in the back of his jersey. 
I didn't remember that. He has si se puede, which is yes, you can. Yes, we can. Huh. In the back of his jersey. So uh, my biggest question, every time we have a new guy, I'm always asking, hey, do you speak Spanish by any chance? <laughs> but him, I want to ask him about that. I know he's from Texas, so he got to have some kind of connection there with, mm -hmm. with, the, with the Hispanic community. His father played in Spain, played ball in Spain. So, But he usually tweets stuff and he says only Spanish responses please so I don't know if he's learning the language I, I just can't wait to, That's to, it. To, to, to to have a chat with him about that yeah same and uh, I, you know Kobe described him yesterday as brilliant he used that word yeah, brilliant he's a, and tech, he's a tech geek a techie guy kind of a, a geek I think he kind of called him and I know that uh, every time he comes to our arena when he used to come with the Nets he'd always grab our NBA photographer David Liam Kyle and always want to talk photography I think he's an interesting guy. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll tell you. I'll tell you another thing that you might want to be interested in when you write about it. Mm -hmm. You know how LeBron wore only once the shoes that, like, for practice or for or for game, he mm -hmm. only wore the sneakers once. Mm -hmm. He wears the same pair all season. Because I got, I kind of developed a relationship with him when he was with Brooklyn, and and he had this pair of Kyrie ones. Like when Kyrie was already on like Kyrie 3 mm -hmm. and the Nike swoosh was falling off and everything. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, why? He, goes, he said, I just like the way they feel. And that makes sense. And also, the other thing about Jared Allen, if my if memory serves me correctly, didn't we used to tease Austin Carr that... Yeah, but I heard he doesn't like it much. AC doesn't like it? Yeah. Okay, then we will stop that. We will stop we'll right there. <laughs> What's the matter with Jared Allen? He's it, it, a good-looking dude. Well, I I don't know if it's a story I made <laughs> up. It's a story I made up. We were doing a thing on hairdos, and we posted a, we placed a picture on Caps HQ of young... AC. No, young AC, and also then we went back to the Afro and yeah. put a picture of Jared Allen. And AC looked at the screen. He was like, "Wait a minute! I never, I never had an afro. I, ne I never played for the Nets or something like that." <laughs> a lot's happening in the league right now, and, I, and again, we're, we'll talk about it in segment three. And I forgot to mention that our special guest tonight is going to be the lovely and talented Angel Gray. Uh, Angel's been Angel's been doing a little bit of everything. Side, you know, she's doing a regular sideline reporting. She's she's been on the doing, yeah, doing the right. analyst. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have J. Mike back, and then we'll have Angel Gray with us. I think he called Jared Allen to help him with his technical <laughs> problem. <laughs> take us to the break, uh, Joe G. I want I want to sing the jingle. We'll be back in two minutes on Wine and Gold Radio. Wine and Gold Radio. There's more of this. <laughs> Whoa! After this. On Wine and Gold Radio. The Cav City Collection is now available online at Cav.com slash shop. Rep the land with jerseys, hats, tees, and more inspired by the Cav City Edition uniforms. Love running the lane. Left side dance. Pow! With two hands. The Cavaliers, in a partnership with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduced the team's City Edition uniform, featuring a design and style that reflects the grit, attitude, and spirit of Cleveland's rock and roll roots. See the whole collection at Cav.com slash shop. He would have caught that right in his hands and up for the shot. It's kind of like when Josh Allen throws the ball before Stefan Diggs makes that cut. Why did I say that? <laughs> are you Baker from, Mayfield to Jarvis you Landry. Are you from Buffalo? <laughs> Dotson in the lane, floats, and rolled around the ribbon out. Rebound, Conley. Tim, what's the name of the hot dog place in Buffalo that everybody goes to? 
Slocums? Is the Slocums? It, actually, it is something like that. Yeah, Slocums. Not yeah. that I'm familiar with all the hot dog places in Buffalo. Sure you're not. <laughs> Hi, this is Jed Osmond from Turkey, and I never listen to Wine and Gold Radio. <laughs> Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. Switch! Ah, they're going crazy in the arena. They can't believe it. It's unbelievable. Okay, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Wine and Gold Radio. Wine and Gold Radio. God, you're getting better at that every time you realize that. Angel, can you do the jingle for us? Wine and Gold Radio. That's an extra $25. (laughs) Take tape that. Say that. Don't let Rafa do it ever again. (laughs) That is the voice of uh, the lovely and talented Angel Gray, our special guest on the second segment here of Wine and Go Radio. Angel, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, when you told me um, the cast, I was like, there's no way that I'm not trying to be a part of this party. So thanks for the invite. And, and I think, I think I, it's okay to tell everybody that uh, Angel is enjoying a fine adult beverage, a nice little glass of, looks like a nice little glass of red. Yeah, just a nice red. You know, it's always nice when you... Have a nice day at work or night at work. So speaking of I that, I to all of you guys too. Speaking of that, do you always have a glass of wine after work, or is just the fact that you were working with John Michael on the booth today? That you <laughs> I thought it was such an amazing <laughs> night that I like opened up like a type of Caymus, and I was like, John was so awesome that I got to get the the nice bottle of wine now. So I see what you were trying to do there. But you're not going to just ruin my party. So tell us about it. How was how was it? The second game you worked with John, you know, this this season. Uh, how was it for you? You, I mean, you, it's a definitely different role from what you do. Not only that, your role has changed already this season from being sideline to being mezzanine line. But but now you know, being on being on on, on the broadcast. I know you love that. I know you did that for the WNBA. So mm-hmm. how 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 has the NBA experience been? It's awesome. I think I have the greatest team ever with John Michael and then Austin Carr. And even with me being on the sideline, it's just really, really cool to be a part of it. Like there are more times that we're laughing with one another than than anything. So even with, you know, not being able to travel as much, it's it's awesome just because of the group. Now, with me stepping in and filling in for AC for a couple of games, it's even I think it's cool because we know our buddy AC. And so we know we will make him laugh during the broadcast. We know that he's supporting us. So as much as we miss him, it's, it's cool, too, that we can, like, bounce off one another and, you know, know the things to say because we know that he's listening. So it's been phenomenal. I, I really tilt my hat to John for putting up with me. So he needs an, a raise for sure. So thank you, John. <laughs> All kidding aside, Angel, it was, you know, obviously it was, uh, it, it was fun. It was great as always. But w- when we guys – for your knowledge, when we have our we have our meetings, our production meetings, AC can make us laugh. He doesn't even have to be part of the broadcast. Like yeah. he's so special. You guys know how he is. He, he just by being AC, he, he's just so important. Not only to what we do, but obviously to what this Cavalier culture is all about. And it's why so many people love the guy. You know, I mean, we we've been blessed. I think all all of us to get to know him on a little bit of a. a, a you know, more special level, and uh, what an individual! And uh, he, he, like Angel said, he just—he can make us. He doesn't have to be around, and the guy makes us laugh. So we can't wait to to welcome him back. But in the meantime, uh, what a job by Angel uh, filling in. So thanks. Uh, it was a uh, pleasure working with you 
As well. See how nice she was, guys. You don't. You don't have to be nice. You got politically correct answers. Meeting with you guys, like that's just done. perfect. Can you give us now the like the straight answer to the question? How did Angel do? <laughs> Are you asking me? Yeah. Angel's phenomenal. What do you expect? So again, you know, it was unfortunate circumstances. Our buddies and. Uh, like like a lot of others in the health and safety protocol, but uh, I think he knows as well as anybody else that uh, things are in good hands. So uh, we are going to welcome him back with open arms. A couple of days off, by the way, guys. I'm sure we're going to talk about this, mm -hmm. but the Cavs maybe at the best time they could have had that right now. Get a couple extra days off uh, and get ready for the new look Brooklyn Nets, which come to town next <laughs> Wednesday. And uh, our buddy Austin Carr should be in tow joining us uh, for that broadcast. Yeah. Does that mean, I'm sorry, but does that mean that I, I no longer get to use, get that weak stuff out of here on the Spanish broadcast? You know what, though? I mean, for you, you know that you know the motto. I mean, yeah. anything goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Roberto Perez was your color commentator yeah. in the finals. I mean, the guy's a catcher in the major leagues. Like, what? Like, you can say whatever you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I guess There's so. zero limitations. You and I, I got to be, at least when I say it, I say, just like Senor Cavalier would say, get that weak stuff out of here. So, right. So, as long as you give him credit. It always goes credit, yes. There's no plagiarizing going yeah. on. Angel, if you're on the show, if you're on Wine and Gold Radio, that means because Rafa's here. Rafa loves for us to play games. We have to play a game. Yes. Because we're too serious. Rafa says we, we need to lighten this up. Today, I I don't even know the name of this game, but I think I'm going to call it Crystal Ballin' because that sounds kind of... Does that sound uh, kind of... sounds kind of like... Like... Dangerous. Dangerous? Okay, yeah. well, either way, we're going to predict the like future. Is it like Crystal Ballin', like that eight like ball, that crystal, eight ball thing? Like, uh, how about the Magic 8-Ball? Either match, way, yeah. this is good. We're going to be looking into the future. Still, you could get confused. Angel is... Uh, the youngest of us all, and she might live to see some of this. Okay. Yeah. I, I probably will not. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, Angel, you ready for the future? And and you guys are welcome to. Chip oh, thank in you. Well. I was gonna, I was about to ask. Is the only angel? Do I no. get a phone? phone? Angel? Like, how, do I get a token? Like, do I get to text people about? No, no. You're you'll be fine on this by yourself. Ready? Okay. okay. Will there be? Will there be eventually an outdoor NBA game? Either either a scrimmage or a preseason game or a regular season game. Will there ever be an outdoor NBA game? I've seen already um, USA and how they've had games on. Um, it was like a military. It was like a navy ship. Like a carrier. And they played outdoors. And oh so yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Like if they can do that, Michigan State. So, yeah, I I think that'll be. Yeah, that'll be a nod. Like I think the NBA will do some type of uh, collab, you know, honoring those in the future, and it'll be a really cool thing for them to play in the outdoor setting if it's if they can do that. And and with the with the way the world is now, that might be the way to go for everybody to be playing outdoors. Like, it, um, it, you can have more fans. It might be in the stands. It might be. It might be kind of cool. <laughs> okay, uh, Angel, let's go with this. Will there be? Will a woman play in the NBA? No. Because no. I feel like women have already established why the WNBA is so important, mm -hmm. and they are fine with building and growing their league. It's a young league still, and they're still growing, and the, the eyes are still coming to the league. So I think they're excited about what they are doing uh, now with their own franchise. Do you see this, guys? Do you see how in how people answer questions intelligently, you two guys? I'm learning. See, I'm that's learning. the first time. That's the first time it's happened on this show. That's what I mean. See how this works? Where you ask someone a question, they give you an intelligent answer. 
Now, I do have to give a nod to, like, uh, Nancy Lieberman, who had a tryout. Um, I think Brittany Griner also, like, had a tryout. There there have been different individuals that have been in tryouts and training camps with the NBA, but I just feel like the WNBA um, is continuing to grow. So why take away the talent from there? Great. Angel, I want to get your take on this. How long will it take for Becky or for or for some woman to become a head coach in the NBA? I say the next three years. Mm. Okay. And you think, I it, think it, we'll see it in the next three years? And you think it might be Becky I mean, Hammond? That's that seems to be. I mean, the, the Spurs. That seems to be the ideal situation, right? Where you have right. a a guy who's become an icon. They've established an identity, right? And then, I mean, the the, the monumental pressure for Becky or for whomever it may be is is. I mean, it's never before been seen. I think, especially for Becky and everything that she's already put in the in the game, she would have to be one of the first for sure. Especially her winning pedigree and everything that she's given to the WNBA, she's a major trailblazer. I can't say enough about even Nancy Lieberman as well. Like they have gone through the fire, they have won. It's cool too. I know most people don't you know count this, but she was the first female to win with the G League team, you know, with the mm-hmm. Spurs. So. Mm-hmm just understanding everything like the guys have bought in. And so it's not too far fetched to think that she can be over a franchise. And especially being under, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. It's almost looking at, you know, like when we're looking at football with uh, Saban, Nick Saban and all of his assistant coaches going to do greater things. And they're like, well, of course he did because of who taught, you know, this coach. Well, that's the same thing I see in Becky Hammond for, you know, pop, like he's given her all the tools and believes in her. So I think that's pretty awesome. Great. Angel, oh Angel, will there be another 100 point game ever scored in the NBA again? By a player, you mean? By a player. Will there be another 100 <laughs> point game? It, As opposed to what? As opposed to what? We just scored for the first time in 10 games. <laughs> what do you mean? I think so. I think with the league and how they change. I don't, I don't get the. I don't get John's point. As opposed to what? As opposed what do you to mean? a dolphin? What is he talking about? As a player? Yeah, a player. I, I don't know. What did I? Oh, an uh, individual. I think he means. Yeah. Rather Will there be team. another hundred points? Yeah. As a... Yeah. Look at look at how the league look at how the league has changed as far as their rules and like impeding process and like defense and stuff like that. So when you're looking at it, the league is growing more towards like giving you more of an offensive flow. So I can see now, like, I think now in, in, in even MJ's prime, he would have had 100 points by now because no one could throw him to the floor or, like, or push him off the screen or, like, he could just get to all his spots quickly. So I think, yeah, I, I, I definitely see it happening. And the way that these guys are shooting from half court and getting it done <laughs> from the outside with these threes, I would not be shocked. If you had to pick a current guy who could do it, who would it be? Ugh. You know what? With the teams the way they're set up right now, it definitely wouldn't be in, in Brooklyn because that would be spread out between 2020 and 20. There's too many guys that can do that. If they were on different teams, possibly. But I can see Steph Curry. When he gets hot, he gets hot. Devin Booker is also a sleeper, too. Mm-hmm. He's Beal. very, very impressive. Great call. That's, yeah. where That's where I would have started. I like Booker. Yeah. How about Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I put him in that mm-hmm. on that short list, too. The, his style, though, like I could see him scoring like 60, maybe 75, but 100. He has to be <laughs> lights out from outside. His game is getting to the basket. That's a lot of time off the clock trying to get to your move into the rim. 
Whereas like these guys that can shoot from the outside, they don't need much time. It's just let it fly. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson mm-hmm. might be the next one. The thing about, I always think about with a hundred point game is at what point do you start thinking about it? And then at what point do you start playing for it? What I'm saying is if you have 42 at halftime, at what point do you start thinking, hey, we, I'm, I'm going to start well, pushing this. I'll tell you what, though, if you don't have 42 at halftime, they better be giving you the ball because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're hot. I wonder, <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if anybody's ever started thinking that way. What did Kobe had 81 at some point? Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the closest we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. My venture to say that Kobe on his 81 point night never thought, I'm going to hit 100. The que- I mean, so my question is: Has anyone ever gotten to the point where they're thinking a hundred? My guess is no. Well, if you go back to the tape, even when Kobe scored eighty-one, he started off slow. I think he misses like first three or four shots. So we were like, "Oh, okay, this is going to be interesting." But I think when you find that group, if you find it now, if you're one of those where it's just like a shoot around and that's your indicator, then out of the gate, you're like, "I'm scoring a hundred, you know, and you can you can go off of that, but. Um, at, you have to have that time like off the top. Yeah. And then two, your teammates have to know that you're on fire and feed you. It can't be about them anymore. Yeah. Like they have to do everything in their power to get you the ball. That's what I mean. At, at one point you have to say, look, this is going to be a hundred point game or something like that. <laughs> you just start feeding them. Uh, next one. Will the NBA expand outside, <clears throat> excuse me, the continental U.S. at any point? Yes. Yes. Where might already, it? I think so. They're already establishing things. Um, in NBA Africa, they've done camps there. They are doing junior camps with international players as well. We've seen how they've done things in Europe. Well, the G League, the G League has a team in Mexico now. Whenever they get, yeah. whenever they get going, exactly. So I just think um, that is that's sooner than later. Um, before, before we, can I add a question to yeah, that? Yeah. We were talking, Georgie and I were talking about this in the first segment. You have been with the Cavs. This is what, your third season, Angel? Your, sec- your third season. So you've been to Washington with the team during the travel days. John mm-hmm. has been with the team for 10 seasons now. Have you guys gone to the Exorcist Steps <laughs> when we goes. traveled to Washington, D.C.? They're in Never. D.C.? Yes. I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> That's a no. That's Rafa's tourism in, in D.C., the exercise. That, that and Watergate. Watergate is walking distance from our hotel. We know I Watergate's the there. I we walked by, but I, what are these exorcist stairs? What are you talking about? <laughs> you never watched a movie? Yes, but what are you talking about stairs? I thought it was the a house. What are you talking No, the steps where the priest falls out the window and just, like, rolls down. <laughs> They're right there in Washington, D.C. saw the rebate. Huh? I think I saw the newer version. I oh, next time we go, <laughs> next time we go, we can walk the, walk the steps up and down. We always do them. Yeah, did you hear that, you old? You hear that, you old guy? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even know you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going back to the future now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Angel, I know you're not a Brown. I, you you've become a Browns fan. I love your tweets yeah. during Sundays. It's awesome. You. you you're the first person to ever ever type the sentence, thank God for the Browns today. They made my Sunday. That's never been done before. Okay, so this kind of goes with Browns and Falcons. Will the Browns ever play in a dome? That's for you guys, too. Hmm, not here in Cleveland. Question. I think. Why, no. not, why not here in Cleveland? Why because would you that's that? part of the home field advantage. Exactly. I agree with that, but again, like, Atlanta Green has Bay, a dome. Green Bay, yeah, but 
Atlanta's not a winter shut place. Down if there's rain for school, like I grew up <laughs> in the south, and I know I remember when Hurricane Katrina came through. That's true. Um, they were like a, a hurricane's coming through in New Orleans, so we should probably shut down. So it had nothing to do with us. In Atlanta, but it's like two inches of snow, and they they shut down the highway. If you if you asked people in Cleveland, I bet you it'd be sixty percent or greater that would want a dome here in Cleveland. Dude, the people that you and I have seen in the stands at First Energy Stadium, they're animals. Would not want a dome. The I'm dude with the yellow, with the dude with the orange mask, <laughs> yeah, would I know not that. want a dome. I'm telling dome. you, if you polled Clevelanders, it'd be 60% or better that would want a dome here, right here in Cleveland. I think it'd be because they'd be talking Do Super Bowl and all that stuff. Really? Do a poll. See I'm what telling it you, I, I, I have covered, I, I have covered Super Bowls in cold cities like Detroit and Indianapolis. And it's definitely not the same as the Super Bowl in San Francisco or in or in Miami or warm places means warm outside as well to enjoy Super Bowl week. And that's what the league is. Is Green Bay in a dome? No. No. God no. But again, Detroit's in a dome, it's Minnesota's in a dome. I mean and they get the Super Bowl and that's what But they go to the Super Bowl anyway, so <laughs> Detroit, you don't get Detroit doesn't go to the Super Bowl. You want to go to – does Pittsburgh have a dome? No, they go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they don't want the Super Bowl. They, they'll, they'll go to the Super Bowl. Not like if the mountain don't come to me, I'll go to the mountain, whatever the thing is. Come on. <laughs> All right, I have one more sports future question, then we're going to go ra- – uh, then we're going to go lightning round. What do you think of that? I love that. Okay. I love lightning round. Okay, replay – and this goes for basketball, but I'm going to say all sports. Do you think – Replay will replace referees. Do you think technology will eventually replace referees, maybe in basketball, but in in any sport or all sports? No. And I'm not sure why I just said no. It should, but it the, the it's... Only, the, the only spot I can see in any of the four major sports is maybe pitch calling. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, pitch calling you're going to see in five years. That's gonna happen. That's the only. That's the only thing. You mean I like the square thing, like a like a robot um, robot umpire? Something, <laughs> something. They're something. They're gonna have yeah. to. They're gonna have to establish where the where the top end of the zone is. Is it the belt? Is it the letters? It ain't the letters anymore. Is it the belt? You know, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, it's like a little bit tennis, maybe. Right? I mean, we we have the challenges right now. Tennis could do it. I think tennis could do it without. Anybody's sitting around, right? I mean, we have lets are automatic. Every all those are automatic, but they to, out of the four major sports, you can't do it in basketball, you can't do it in football, can't do it in hockey, and the and you, I don't think you can do it on the base. You can't do it on bases. You have the only possibility to me is home plate umpiring potentially in the future. And basketball, and I always John and I always have these endless conversations. And I have asked uh, McCutcheon, I think it is, who is now McCutcheon, yeah. yeah, because I have a problem with them going to the video and not getting it right. <laughs> I, I like I, I I don't like that. Yeah, that's explain, true. Explain what you mean. Though, and I'll explain. Like, what, I'll, it, happened, it happened to us in a playoff game against Toronto, and there was a play when Kyrie was dribbling the ball, and the ball went out of bounds. And they gave the ball to the Cavs, and then they went to review. It was less than two minutes. Back in the day, it was no challenge. And it was less than two minutes, so they went to look at the replay. And it was clear that Kyrie touched it last. But it was even clearer that he touched it last because DeRozan pulled his arm. So they go to the replay. They see they missed the foul, and they still only call the, the ball who, 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 who touched it last. 
So why have all this technology and all this camera and all these angles and all these different slow motions, and you're still going to get it wrong? I agree. He's really upset about this. He is upset. He sounds, he sounds like oh, because, he sounds like I, my father. No, because I like the, no, because I like like technology. And, and I asked, I asked Monty McCutcheon, and he said, "Well, it, it's a fine line because how far do you go back reviewing?" Right. Right. That's the that's the question. That's the that's the counter argument. I understand what you're saying, and it's a good. And what you're saying is legit. And that might my, my reply. If you're going to review for one thing, well, what? Then you just open up for the last. 20 seconds, you get to review what the trigger, the trigger play, the, who touched it out of bounds. The ball went out of bounds because it was fouled. And, and I understand what he meant. And I, they kind of change it a little bit now with the challenges because if you if you challenge a play and there's a foul and they can they can change the foul, correct? There are certain calls like that. Ask the Cavs in game one of the finals, right? When Kenny Maurer, who worked mm -hmm. the game tonight, he went and checked for a restricted area violation against LeBron, but ended up there you can review and say, was there a foul yeah. outside of that? Those happen in limited circumstances, and that one bit the Cavs uh, badly, let's just say, in that particular game one of the finals. So that's but how I, I feel about technology. As an aside, have you ever seen Monty McCutcheon, how he dresses when he's not dressed as a referee? Yes. Yes? Yes, as, I have. And Does he have like an Instagram? No, I mean, you guys have never seen Monty McCutcheon, how he dresses? Not amazed by it at all with the bow tie. What? Yeah, he looks awesome. He looks like he just walked off the set of The Sting, man. He does. <laughs> he's got like the, yeah, he's got the, he wears like the, the cool suits, the checkered suits and stuff. No, they're not really cool. They're just like outrageous. If you lost Angel in the original Exorcist, you lost her for sure <laughs> in the script. I have no idea. Look. <laughs> Angel. Are we talking about Walt Frazier? Have you ever seen, he dresses better than Walt Frazier. That's your homework. Uh, that's your hope. That's I, your. That's that is your, my generation. I can't Google. That's your homework. There you go. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> We're do okay. Let's do lightning round. This has nothing to do with sports. There you go. Are you happy about that, Rafa? Right. Okay. In the future, will there be self-driving cars? And I'm not talking about the kinds they have now. I'm talking about ones where you could sit back and have like a cup of pudding, and, <laughs> and while the you know while you drive home. They already have. The answer yes. I test drove a Tesla. And I, the guy was like, yeah, you could just put it in self-drive. It picks up cars next to you. And I've seen on highways where one person was actually sleep. No. So, no way. <laughs> I don't trust it. No way. I know. I didn't say I trust it, but you asked about if there would be self-driving cars. And the answer is yes. And I think <laughs> that is that is already established or very, very close to just no one has to do anything but just get in the car. See how sweet would that be for John Michael? He could after a game, he could get in the car, turn the heat up to like seventy-five, and catch a nice half-hour nap all the way home to Westlake. Seventy-five. That thing's on <laughs> eighty-eight on the way home. <laughs> you made it right home, Angel. In our lifetime, will there be a man on Mars? There was already. I'm Matt, so silly. Matt you know what? I, and I was Matt talking Damon. about it. I love astronomy. <laughs> I love the stars. And I love one of my favorite movies is Martian. And I was like, it's so cool the people that have been able to do that. And they were like, no one's been to Mars. And I was like, what? I've been lied to. So I'm, I'm hoping I can see that in my lifetime. So you thought Jason. that Matt was so uh, convincing that Mars was just a great place. So you thought Jason Bourne was up there growing potatoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> It was amazing. You can't call him Jason Bourne. <laughs> okay, here's a very important question, Angel. In the future, will they have a cure for male pattern baldness? <clears throat> I had a joke, but I'm not going to use it. Go ahead, God. Angel. No, go ahead. 
I'm a grown man. Wait a minute. What's the question again? Will there be a cure for male pattern baldness? What about the hair club for men? That's not look. Ty Sperling, it, I know he died. You, <laughs> no, if there were if there were a cure, no guy would be bald. There's no cure. If there were a cure, it Listen would be over. There, Every the richest man in the country. Now, it's if true. He, if he's gone, he's gone. You gotta go. But there's two things <laughs> that a man should never do in this world, in this life, and in the next one. To pay, which is getting fake hair, or dyeing his hair. I think those are the two of the most ridiculous things that a human male can do. <laughs> See, Angel, this is what we do every week. This is, this is, there's no way. Would you date a man? I don't want to say anything. Would you date a man that dyes his hair? I know. I, I have friends that dye their hair, and they look ridiculous. Because we're not, we're not like women that will take take care of their hair, and whenever the roots are coming out, they're gonna go get get it dyed again. I see men that look like raccoons. I mean, like 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 uh, no, not raccoons, like um, raccoons, skunks. raccoons, like skunks, Baboons. like skunks, like skunks. <laughs> you know, with the white things on the side and like <laughs> like poly on. walnuts. Just let it go, let it go white, dude. If I had hair, I'd let that. Th- I'd let my hair go white as hell. I wouldn't care. Yeah. But that's your look, though, well, Judging, you, you just have this cool mystique look. <laughs> Come like, on, now. I don't know. You're just you're just the cool dude. So you, you can do that. <laughs> that. Now we have to move on. We have okay. to move on to the next one. Do you think bell bottoms will ever come back? Ooh, I hope so. I love bell bottoms. See, oh, Angel I, I'd be the one to start the trend. I do. And it. Angel, Angel could rock bell bottoms too. She wears bell bottoms every now and then. I would see, like, my, I've seen. I seen you wear bell bottoms. Yes. <laughs> Rafa. I see you wear bell bottoms. They're cool. Not for men. Not for men. Bell bottoms? What for what year? No. I, the last time I wore bell bottoms was probably like middle school. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, and you gotta have the platform. So, so like, I've seen more. Ooh, we should have a night where we just have bell bottom like a what is that? More like sixties. Well more like seventy, like seventies. Yeah. Like Saturday night fever. Like, and then we can like do hair. AC can wear like his little fro. That would be awesome. You know, Jared Allen could come as himself. And then we could just figure this out. I think that'd be cool. See, my follow-up question to that was going to be, what fashion, what fashion sense or what trend would you like to see come back? And I'll start it. I can start it because when I watched the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan thing, you know, on the Bulls. And all the dudes were wearing huge baggy horrible, pants. Horrible! I can't wait till those come back. Oh, those are never going. God no. Yes, those have That's to. Like, go. Oh, those are awesome. Duncan nah. starter kit. Look, Eddie, that everybody <laughs> looked like they didn't know how to dress in those. No, the, the big baggy pants. I can't wait till those come back. With if you pleated, had little chicken legs pleated, like me, the pleated baggy pants are the worst. Pleated. Baby. I like yeah. more of the Frank Sinatra era when everyone wore top hat like a hat and they wore like the three. <laughs> <laughs> the girls are so dainty and had yeah. gloves. I would love that. I think I was actually that whole Billy Holiday era. I would totally be a part of that. Did mini skirt ever go out of style, or they're still around? Mini skirt? I think the mini I skirt. Think that should that never might, leave. I think that's gone. Maybe gone for good. Actually, that should never leave. I. I mean, I think. It's, not for me, but sing, sing the Wine and Go Radio song. We'll wine be right and back. Go Radio. <laughs> Do I Hi, this is Kevin Love, and you're listening to Wine and Gold Radio. Cleveland, Ohio, America.
There's more of this. Let me get that taste. Woo! Let me get that taste. After this, on Wine and Gold Radio. Designed from the land, for the land, the team shop has introduced a new in-house apparel line called the Land Collective. The first series is inspired by the 2020 NBA Draft. Each series will focus on a specific theme and feature exclusive pieces that will only be available while supplies last. Get these new looks from the team shop today only at Cavs.com slash shop. For more style inspiration and to be the first to know about upcoming collections, follow at Land Collective on Instagram. Now, back to Wine and Gold Radio. Oh, man, that's a different interesting beard there, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought you were talking about O'Quinn. Yeah, that guy does too. Was AC talking about me there? What, what, what's going on there? What? Welcome to the final segment here at Wine and Gold Radio. We're, we're joined by our special guest, Angel Gray. And we're just going to take a quick look ahead at what we have coming up next week. We had a nice back-to-back in Washington, but that's been postponed. So now we get a look at the Brooklyn Nets, the new-look Brooklyn Nets. Blessing in disguise. The guys get to rest. JB needs to practice with these guys, and we get to watch Divisional Weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, the peaceful. No worry about getting ready for Washington, and, and then that's it. So every, yeah. everybody wins. Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, and again, that, that was going to be a uh, kind of a weird weekend anyway with everything going on in Washington, so that might have been a blessing in disguise, like you said. Brooklyn Nets, uh, what are they going to look like when they roll in on Wednesday? Offensively loaded, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think we shall all see. I heard all the right things coming from James Harden during his presser, t- uh, you know, today. And just, it, it's just been interesting to see how his, it will be interesting to see how his game changes. You have three players that the most prolific scores we've seen in the league. KD to me is one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. And so when you add that to Kyrie and just how he's uh, very dominant with the ball and getting to his shots and finding his shots, and then you add another player that literally, you know, averages the most touches or attempts in the league. Like for me, it'll be interesting. I just want to see how that all um, meshes together. And the amount of firepower that they had to give up in order to get that roster is interesting. Like what is their bench going to look like mm-hmm. too? I know Spencer Dinwiddie is, you know, recovering now from the partial tear to his ACL. So I think everybody is just in waiting to see what that looks like. But I know for the Cavs, I just want to see what these new pieces look like for us and then hopefully getting, you know, Darius Garland back and Colin Sexton. I don't know if I can say Sexton back on this uh, podcast. I know I probably can't say it on air, but I'm in, I'm really excited to see um, them back in the backcourt together. Angel and I were talking before the game about the, the, the national perception of the Brooklyn Nets right now, you know, in terms of, whether it's an easy team to root for, whether it's not that easy to root for, whether anybody outside of Brooklyn is going to be rooting for this team. You know, it's it's so interesting to have seen all of this develop and unfold. And I think, I mean, firsthand Clevelanders saw what Miami looked like, right, when LeBron left and set up the three superstars, right? Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. We see it happening again. And we've seen some, you know, in terms of the, in terms of the general population, we've seen those are teams that people typically tend to root against. Mm-hmm. 
so I, my, I'm curious to see what the national perception is of this team, how this looks, whether people are rooting for this team, rooting against this team outside of Brooklyn. I think it's going to be fun to watch it all unfold. You, you talk about, I mean, you, you want to talk about what they gave up. Houston's sitting there with first-round picks, first-round swaps in between for mm-hmm. seven years, you guys. I mean, seven years we're talking about. You know, and Sean Marks, GM of Brooklyn, said we're not going to mortgage the farm for one player this season. He said that about a month ago. They just did, right? <laughs> I mean, they did. And it's 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 all on these guys. And the depth is a situation, like you mentioned, Angel, The you know, whether they have enough to – you know, compete defensively when push comes to shove in the playoffs. There are a lot of question marks, but man, it's going to be, it's, it's fun NBA stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be must. Here's the fun see. NBA stuff. Here we go. Right. And, and, and into town, they cruise for a couple of games on Wednesday and Friday. And we get to see it firsthand. You even pose a more important question, but you asked me and you guys have gone through many years. I was post LeBron. You guys were here with LeBron. So John asked me, is this Nets team and what they built more of the villain team more than when Miami created their three-man super team? The Heatles. So I think there's there will never be anything that hated. I saw things, people like things burning, jerseys on fire. <laughs> And it was just the surprise of it. LeBron just kind of like sprung it out on people and had his own reveal or whatever. And then you, they created the first super team. That's not true. This this now to me is just kind of like. I object. The first ever big three was in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, with Wait, the, with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin okay. Garnett. Everybody okay. else just parking. That's what. I'd say. But it, but it did, you know, I, I think, but I think the Angels' point it didn't happen the way it happened. No, of the course, way yes, way. right. Well, I mean, that was a little more organic. <laughs> it seemed it seemed that way as yeah. to what happened in Miami. And again, I, I think, you know, I posed the question to Angel more so in that I think it's a matter of perception. You ask somebody in Houston right now who's the most, you know, who's the easiest team to root against in a long, long time. I think that answer is pretty easy. You know, it's geographical. That, and you look at folks here, obviously so many people were hit hard by LeBron's first departure, right? And wh- how it went, Angel brought that up, how it went down, right? That wasn't, that didn't go over very well around these parts. But now you look at that Brooklyn team, I'm sure there are still some folks that aren't, you know, huge Kyrie Irving fans for how that situation ended here in Cleveland. You know what I mean? And I think... My point of it all is that geographically, I think it matters. You know, who you root for tends to shape how you view certain teams. And uh, to me, that's where folks are going to come down. That's why I think it's so interesting. How is this going to be publicly perceived? How is this Brooklyn team? How was it compared to the Miami team? And are we just, you know, is it is it a team that's easy to root against for the rest of the country? I don't know. My question to you guys is, you know, and I was part of the Nets when they were in Jersey, and I was the first voice of them when they came to Brooklyn. And I left before the peers Garnett trade and Bankman that they had. And, and I think most, of their, the whole most of their yeah. fans are more worried about whether they – whether they some, my fa- some fans might think that they had already made it back to – from from that hole that they dug themselves into when they made that trade and they gave everything up 
to go back to just giving everything up again for for James Harden and I I don't know I, I, and I again I'm talking to friends that I know that are Nets fans and that is the biggest worry they have that do you think it's something that that well that will work and that's that was going to be my point Angel and Angel brought up a good point with LeBron and the Heat in that you look at that team and I and I would wonder will this work and you looked at the Heat those three guys all were drafted in the same class they were all friends. And again, we both we know uh, LeBron, and we also know Dwayne Wade a little bit. Those guys are different kind of guys. Those guys are guys that seem like they were willing to sacrifice, you know. And again, we know two of the three guys in that Heat situation. We also know one of the three guys in the Brooklyn situation. Now, those three guys are different than the Heat's three guys. So I don't know if that situation will work because those guys are not. Those guys like the the limelight and the ball, and they can be... Uh, and who's the Pat Riley in Brooklyn right now, too? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it, now you have a new coach. Will they listen to him? Is he the right guy to bring them together, even if he's a Hall of Fame player? You know, you look at the players and you wonder, you know, just because you got three superstars together doesn't mean it's going to work. I hope it does for the good of the, of the league because everybody's going to want to see if they're really putting up what, the, what everybody thinks they're capable in paper. Well, but yeah. And we will find it's out just, soon enough. That was my that's my point. Isn't it going to be fun? Every time they're on, you're going to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch them, yeah. right? I mean, every time they're on. They're gonna, <laughs> you, you, no matter if you're rooting for or against, you're going to watch them. It's, it's, it's vintage NBA. It's what makes what we do, to me, so much fun, mm-hmm. right? I mean, every year there's some – every month there's something different. You know, Houston looks totally different. People were rooting for Houston to beat San Antonio last night, right, because they're – Underman, and they're you know they're <laughs> up against it and everything else. It's, you know, it's part of the the soap opera is part of what the NBA does really really well, and I think it's going to make for some fun time. Here we go, right? There's your team in Brooklyn. James Harden got out. He wanted out. Brooklyn mm-hmm. said, "Come in. We're going to give everything up for you." Now let's see how it all unfolds, right? <laughs> Can't, I mean, really, I can't wait to see these guys come in. Can't wait to see uh, the new Cavaliers, the former Brooklyn Nets. And uh, I think that will wrap up Wine and Gold Radio Episode 3. We're still on the air. It's pretty impressive, don't you think? The only bad news is that we're going to be playing on Sunday when the Browns are going to be facing the, the Bills. For the, the championship, yeah. To go to a Super Bowl. So yeah, that's we're true. We're going to be playing Boston that Sunday, so I'm sorry we're going to have to leave the game tape. That's okay. Uh, we can always go back and watch it, and then we'll be we'll be there for the Super Bowl, so it'll be fine. We're going to miss the first four touchdowns in the first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> we need to talk to J. Mike about the, the Steelers-Browns game. <laughs> J. J. Mike we're is starting gonna, off. We're going to leave it right there. I want to thank uh, our special guest, Angel Gray, for joining us. Thank you, Angel. Always great having you. And we've got to do it again sometime, too. Bring your you wine. You guys are awesome. Every- the post-game party. I appreciate it. Bring enough <laughs> wine for everybody next time. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> next time I got you, for sure. Got it out. I want to thank uh, Matt Gold, of course, Joe Fritchin, Casey Coolis, one of the coolest names in all of broadcasting. Peter Brockman. Yeah. D-Mac, or the man D-Mac. Stop. He does a lot. He really I, I want super report. important. I want to report on what DMUC does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, Dirty Kurt yes. and our man, Big Daddy, Marty Allen, the great Big Daddy. Yeah. We'll see you next week. And, as always, good night, Freddie Mac, wherever you are. You have to be kidding me. You're listening to Wine and Gold Radio. Oh!
Miami, Cleveland, Ohio, America. Yeah, boy. That was delicious.